Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your father. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Hmm. Welcome back to 88.3 WXUTs after further review. Man, that buzzing noise is really annoying. Yeah. In the past, we had a lot of an issue with it, and now it's returned. We may have talked to John about that. Yeah, I don't know if it's this mic or what, because I kind of noticed. Let's see here. Uh, when I potted up mic two, that's what happened. Let's see something real quick. All right. All right. Well, is it is this, this it's this one? So I'm on. Mic. You're on. Yeah, you're on one right now. Right now, I'm on one, but it's still. Something I don't know. Something something's backfeeding. Is it you? Um, I'm on uh, three. No, three is good. All right, so we'll get we'll, we'll figure this out anyway. Like I said, it's always something here at eighty-eight point three WXUT. Um, David, how's your day going? We're going to be getting into this, some of this March madness you have in your bracket buster. Can I ask you a question? Why are you watching the game that you watched yesterday? <laughs> I just wanted to uh, just for. Just want to see some of it again. Uh, poop and giggles. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that. Like, do you get a kick out of seeing Purdue lose? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just yeah. say that there was somebody on these airwaves a number of years ago that said that Matt Painter was not a good tournament coach. Just saying. Oh, Anthony Stang? Yeah, he might. Have oh, said no, that. Well, I, well, it, there was a, there was somebody else too. David, man, got hair. No, it was me. Oh, oh, okay. You want to toot your own horn? No, I see what it is. <laughs> so, so, uh, how, please tell me. I mean, they've gotten to the Sweet Sixteen. I believe didn't they get to the Elite Eight a couple years ago? In 2019, they got to the Elite Eight, but since then. Three straight losses to double seed. double digit seeds. Okay, so that makes him a bad tournament coach. Well, Please and explain. and and the other thing too is such mid- everyone mid- tries to play Purdue as some blue blood when they have been to zero Final Four since 1980. Okay. Hey, and look, I know making a Final Four is hard, but. In fact, I've actually I actually looked it up where, and I think David shared this in our group chat last night. I got to pull it up on my phone. Well, you should have had that ready if you're ready for that hate. Because I mean, you're just getting a here's kick where out of this double team digit losing. seed losses by Perdon't under Matt Painter in 2011. Lost to VCU in 11 seed. 2011. Did yep. VCU get the national championship or get they the got the final? Fi- yeah, I think that was. I want. Yeah, that was, was when they lost. Shaka. So that's not really a bad loss if the team got to the Final Four. Continue. Uh, how about a 12 seed in 2016 to Arkansas Little Rock, mm-hmm. where they had a 20-point lead in the game, mm-hmm. and then they proceeded to gag. Mm-hmm. And then came 2021, lost to North Texas. Mm-hmm. And then last year, they lost to everybody's favorite bird. St. Peter's. Yes. But didn't St. Peter's get to the Elite Eight? And they almost did. knocked off North Carolina. No, they didn't. They just ran out of gas that game. But they almost. So I don't think they almost did. They North so, Carolina pretty much uh, handled them. But then you just said they ran out of gas. Well, they didn't have. Wasn't the game yeah. somewhat competitive? Well, if I remember correctly, the game was somewhat competitive. It wasn't like North Carolina, but it wasn't just like really going hill deal. Yeah, well, they didn't like they didn't wipe the floor with them. But at the same time, it wasn't like oh my goodness, this could. Re- this is going to come right down to the end. They uh, they play they played close, but North Carolina was just the better team. Mm, okay. And then and then North Carolina went on to the national championship. Yeah. Now, and then they, they lo- and then losing to Fairleigh Dickinson last night. Mm-hmm. The Knights from Hackensack, New Jersey. And the only re- and another reason why there was a part of me that was pulling for the Knights. I am a hater. You, no, you like no, 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 no
I actually have a friend who coached one of their signees for next year. Tyler Jameson from Port Huron Northern was coached by my friend Austin Shell. And Tyler was actually a finalist last year for Michigan Mr. Basketball. He was a finalist this year as well. And I have seen Mr. Jameson play. Actually, I went to the game at the Motor City Round Ball Classic where they played Ann Arbor Skyline because I wanted to scout Skyline. And the kid ended up just cooking in the second half and hit the game-winning three-pointer. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but David, what did you think? I, I personally, I, I think of this like this: it was a bad matchup. Um, I mean, I, I don't, dis- I don't disagree with you because, for one, everyone talks about how, oh, well, Zach Eady's the best player in the country. Nobody can stop him. Well, did you do you look at his supporting cast? Matt Painter decides to, oh, we're just going to surround him with shooters. But then you get go to a team that has guards that are going to get up in you and press, and you end up having what happened last night. In fact, this is what I saw from Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal. said about the Big Ten getting five teams in the last 32. It says, spare the Big Ten negativity. He then ripped the coaches with athletic guards who couldn't figure out how to take a hit to Purdue's backcourt in January and February. Looking at a lot of other Big Ten coaches, mm. I, I I think they did attack their guard play. They look like a little bit like Michigan, uh, oversized but limited guard play. Uh, obviously, Jaden Ivey leaving to the NBA did kind of leave a void there. Um, I, I will say this: is that <clears throat> you sometimes have to recruit to the winning your league. I mean, it's it's it's. It's it's, I think there's too much stock that gets put into the the NCAA tournament. That's me. I don't know if it's because all the eyeballs are there. I mean, <clears throat> they are number one seed. They did well. They won the Big Ten tournament, didn't they? <clears throat> yes, they did. And I think they won the regular season as well. Um, yeah, they won the regular season Big Ten. They won the conference tournament. Now, of course, along the way, they had. They did end up, they lost twice the regular season to Indiana. They lost to Northwestern once. I'm trying to remember. Like, and they're still in the tournament. They, yeah. They, they won. So I, I think here you you got to look at the body of work. Unfortunately, we live in a hot take world and everyone's saying that, oh, Matt Painter's not this and Pat, Matt Painter's not that. I still think he's a great coach. I said the, the the body of work and the long it's harder to, to basically go through the grind of the season instead of being in a one day tournament where, let's face it, if they play fairly Dickerson ten times, he probably beat them nine out of ten times. Well, that's the, that's the great thing of of March Madness NCAA tournament. Um, <clears throat> he hasn't had much success um, except going to the Elite Eight, I believe, a few years ago. Maybe things would be different if he had Jay Nivey. Um, but this is the new NCAA now, <clears throat> and I think you got to just get used to it with the the free agency, with the transfer portal, and people leaving early, everything like that. It 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 gives the smaller guys more of a chance, and that's what you saw here tonight. I mean, I I, I think Fairly Dickerson did a great job considering they didn't even win their league or their tournament actually. Yeah, obviously they couldn't. They went because the team that Miramac that beat them is not Division One ready. They got to go through their little same. Yeah, because they're they're in the, they're in the whole transition deal. Right, exactly. I mean, I mean, a lot of people are going to say that's a dumb ruling. Yeah, I agree, it is. But you know, but at the same time, know. though, they the, the coaching staff did a great film, exploited yeah. a weakness that the Purdue had, and that they ended up winning. Um, some people are saying that it's an old style of offense and stuff. I still think you need the big man, no matter what. Because if the guards ain't hitting it from the three-point line, you need somebody to clean it up and get the rebounds and score inside. That's just me. That's just the way I, you know, I'm looking at it is from coaching. But I don't really like to judge a coach because of the tournament. Just like this MAC tournament. UT. Three straight regular season championships, but everyone wants to put the down coach Kowalczyk because he didn't do well in a three-day tournament. That which goes back to what David the Man and Guy Harris has been saying for years. He wants to get rid of conference tournaments. Yes, my uh, thing is, might as well get rid of the uh, the NCAA tournament then. 
Because that's all people. That's all you guys are judging coaches on now. Basically, that's what you're, you're judging coaches on is is the NCAA tournament, and that's one of the most difficult tournaments to really even compete in, especially nowadays in today's uh, climate. Most people don't even know who's on these teams, even the blue butts. What players are on these teams? There's so much moving around and kids leaving. But it is what it is. Um, I just think that it was really a bad night for Purdue and a better matchup for Fairly Dickerson, and that's how basketball is. But I think we also got to give credit to uh, Tobin Anderson, their coach. I mean, yeah. he, took a, he took a team that won four games last year. Mm-hmm. Here, I mean, he, he was basically at D2 St. Thomas Aquinas, took three players with him, and then, in fact, I even have this as well. They FDU was ranked 298 in Ken Palm. Value that how you will. And they were the... 359th out of like 360 some division one teams in terms of defense Mm -hmm. and they were also the shortest team in college basketball on average height they averaged i think they said in the broadcast they were averaged six three hey and then they pretty much took and of course, they're in the lowest rated conference too. The right, Northeast the Conference, right? Yeah. Lowest conference. Yes, you're right. Out of all of the 32 Division One conferences, it is the lowest. It's the it's a low low major. Yeah, and I mean this, I would say, is probably this has to be the biggest upset all time, bar none. Why? Because it's Purdue. Because we could, let's be honest too. I mean, Michigan State lost to Middle Tennessee State. Well, I I'm 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 fully aware of that. But I mean, that was also UMBC beat Virginia. Number well, there was some, I think there was something that um, UMBC was actually much higher in Ken Palm ratings. Again, take that for what you what it's worth than what Fairleigh Dickinson was. Uh, and then Virginia won, won the national championship the next year. Yeah, I mean, you, you just tip your cap to the team. It was a, it was a perfect day for him. It was a perfect storm, and in Purdue got knocked off. Let's see what Purdue does next year. We shall see. And I know David said last night that there's probably going to be a lot of calls into West Lafayette radio stations about how that painter needs to uh, nut up or shut up. Nut up. What do you mean nut up or shut up? Here we go again. We've got to get the fire. Again, the guy, even though a, the guy won the regular I'm season. Not say, I'm not hey, saying. Let, let it be clear. I'm not the one who's calling for him to be fired. But everyone does that, though. Fire, fire, fire. I mean, it's just, it's just. Once again, it gets kind of tiring and old. It's, it's an old shtick. Fire. Every, every time you turn around, fire the guy. Fire the guy. You know, they wanted to fire Tom Izzo. I mean, fire, 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 fire. No. David, your thoughts? I think it's. I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, the call is kind of it's a "what have you done for me lately" kind of mentality where. Kind of the magnitude and the breadth of the oh my gosh is a sixteen losing to a one, compiled with uh, Matt Painter only having that elite eight that elite eight run is is the only time that he's been out of or that's the furthest that he's gotten in his entire career at Purdue. So there's that consistent level of success, and so I, I think the uh, yeah was it a bad matchup? Yes, if you like Fairleigh Dickinson, Zach Eady was taken out of the paint, which is where he, quote-unquote, defensively is able to dictate the floor and kind of limit the shooting. And like like they were said in the post-game presser last night, if Purdue hits those shots, like those, all the you know, 30,000 three-pointers that they missed, is it a different ball game? Purdue just, it was a combination of they didn't hit their shots, Fairleigh Dickinson made theirs, stout defensively, Kind of really, I don't want to say neutralized because he still put up crazy numbers, but really limited what Zach Eady could do because of the, the defensive pressure. And I think counter to that, kind of with, I think a lot of things that with Purdue is there was no in-game adjustments. Kind of defensively, like, here's what we've been doing all season. Here's where we're going to stick to it. And it seems like he was going to live and die by this is how we played throughout the regular season, which fits. You know, most coaches aren't going to change their game plan too much. But I think because of the matchups and because of just how the game flow looked, 
there, you know, it was up and down, up and down. There were, you know, Purdue had the lead in the second half, and then Fairleigh Dickinson took it back, and then ultimately came away with it. Uh, I I understand kind of the fire, Matt Perry, just because of the, you know. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Be, let's be yeah. honest. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, but but I think it's also compiled with, okay, this is another double high, you know, high teens seed from New Jersey that you lost to opening weekend. Or not opening weekend, because last year it was uh, Sweet 16 with um, St. Peter's. But it's another team that, on paper, you should have lost. And again, that's everyone playing, oh, big school versus small school. But, yeah, and this is this is part of why I think kind of putting so much weight on the conference, yeah, the conference three days, four days tournament versus the body of work from December to March. Like, like that that tells me more about your team than... Kind of, can you can you win three or four games, or two, depending on your conference? If you get a buy, you automatic buy to the semis. Like, like throughout the season, we are looking at Purdue. Like, are you a true number one? Are you enough? Are you number one team in the country, or is it because you have this supposedly best player in the nation? Like. I think losing Ivy hurt that team a lot more than they'll probably say. Just because. Oh, I did. I mean, and I don't know if they're going to. Yeah. They don't want to discredit the other players. But if Jaden Ivy's on this team, along with a, a one year more mature Edie, this is Fairly Dickerson doesn't win the game, period. Yeah. And, and Doug Godley said something last night. I was, I was listening to Westwood One in the radio call. Like, you're super. Like a superstar can't be a big like Zach Eady. Like that can't be the leader on the team offensively. It has to, and dare I say, because of the era that basketball that we're in, it's got to be a guy that can shoot the shoot the three ball and be kind of well. No, either well, it, a well, it two has or a three. To, I listened to that too. I, I listened to it all last night as well on Westwood One. It, it, it's it's a guard's game because of how the, the, the three-point shot has opened everything up. It's the same problem at Michigan. Your main player is Hunter Dickerson. I mean, he's, you got to get guards to get him the ball. If they collapse on you, got to get guards that can make plays. you got to get guards that can hit open jump shots. So in, in reality, he is right. You, you, your superstar can be the, the big, but – you have to have it where there's a complimentary player that can hit shots as well. And it, let's face it, the basketball has turned more guard-oriented with the rule changes and everything. It's not like the olden days where you just pounded the ball down down low and they score. You know, now the three-point line has evolved. I think college basketball, the players have gotten a lot more skilled, and you got to play within pace. So if you got a guy like an Edie down there, it'd probably be more conducive to have him more as a guy that changes shots maybe he averages a little less points and you have the guard doing majority of the work which there there is some validity to that yeah and just as i'm thinking about it again if purdue hits their shot whole different ball game but because they were so reliant trying to catch up on keeping up with fairly dickinson's face but then also trying to get that ed involved it seemed like they were trying to force Easy into being dominant, being dominant. But then defensively, he's out on the wing because of fairly Dickinson playing small ball. Yeah, he yeah, because he had to come out and guard Sean Moore. Right. Yeah, yeah. they took him kind of took him away from the basket. Maybe they could have played some zone. Yeah, because that's what that's what thing I mentioned on the broadcast too is that Matt Painter doesn't like to play zone. Yeah. And the and the other thing too was that was mentioned that. No, seemed like nobody else on Purdue who who wasn't Edie, aside from maybe Fletcher Lawyer, wanted to shoot the ball. Because Purdue only made five three-pointers the whole game. Three of them were by Lawyer. The rest of them, I think, uh, Braden Smith had one, and then I want to say it was um, Mason Gillis had the other. Mm-hmm. Her, her, but, I mean, it goes back to 
you can't just have a big guy and then just, oh we're gonna just put shooters out there. Right. We gotta have guys that are gonna facilitate. Well, you just gonna need playmakers. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. You know, if Jaden Ivey was on this team, we're Different probably not game. even having this conversation right now. That's true. We we're probably not. Anything? So we're gonna move on from that. Any other thoughts? You know, there was other upsets as well. Arizona losing to Princeton. Yeah, I want to let. I I think that one. Arizona just flat out gagged in that game. Well, I mean, Arizona's like I've said at various times. Like, is the Pac-12 really a good basketball conference? I think we. Like, uh, well, I I didn't really buy it either. So, I mean, it's, com- it's like competitive. Arizona UCLA at the end, but I, it was always and even watching Arizona through the non-conference play early on in the season, you could see that again. It's one of those teams where. They live and die by their bigs, and their complimentary players were also big. So where was the help going to be? And against a team that could, and it seemed like Princeton was up for the physicality in, inside with Arizona. Like you, you got to have play. Like you said, you got to have playmakers. You have to have people that can space the floor. And it seemed like Arizona was just like, eh. It's Princeton. We have the quote-unquote better players. We have all the four- and five-star recruits. We're just going to go out there and cheer willpower our way because, you know, man-to-man, we're better. But Princeton, scrappy team ball. Is that what Arizona thought? Oh, we're better, so we're going to just rickroll them? I I would have to agree with that. That's just the mentality of most power fives. Like, we, we we have the talent on paper. So let's go out there and play our game, and they can't keep up with us. But isn't that, I think that's, isn't that the most mentality of a team that probably has a few more horses than any, everybody else, though, just in general? Yeah. I, I mean, you got to have a little bit of arrogance and cockiness, too. I mean, I mean, you you are uh, – let's be let's be honest. If you're going to – when really it's power six in basketball, you got to have the Big East. Uh, but if you're going to one of those schools, you got to admit that – you, you got some talent. So if you're going and playing Princeton, I, I, I doubt they were going in there thinking that, well, we're way more extremely better than you. I think the, the problem is, is that, and I explained it, the field is leveled now. Let's just be honest. With the transfer portal, the one and dones, you, I think people nationally are still having the old mindset that because you're the higher seed, you're better, or that because you go to the one of the power sixes, you're better. Now, this should be, you should be having a little bit of an edge. But nowadays, there's so many kids that play basketball. There's so many kids that are skilled. There's so much moving around and this and that. If you notice the teams that are older, let's just be honest, kind of like in the NBA, and we said this a couple weeks, I said this a couple weeks ago, the team that has older and has a little bit more chemistry are the teams that are winning these games compared to the teams that are losing either kids to transfer portal or losing kids to the NBA. Point point is Purdue. You lose Jay Nivey. If Jay Nivey's there another year, you, get, you, you let Edie mature. They get some chemistry, you get the win. And that's how it was back in the day. You're collecting talent. You're starting to get some chemistry. Usually those teams are fun to watch. You know all the players. Nowadays, you watch a game, you don't know who's who. Just a bunch of hodgepodge of players out on the floor. And I think until we turn this mindset around from the olden days, you're going to have maybe some of these hot takes that make no sense. Because Princeton has had always usually had tournament success in the past. Even they just a lower seed. They're just they're getting in lower seed because they're in the Ivy League. I mean, yeah. I mean, oh, I think most people remember the last big upset Princeton pulled was in ninety six against UCLA. Right. But everybody knows though that and Princeton also did against Georgetown, I believe, in ninety. Everybody knows that Princeton usually they're you're gonna get the lower most schools, like think about it, if you're a Mac school you're probably going to get a 13, 14 seed, maybe 12, 13, 14. If you're an Ivy League school, you're probably going to get a 14, 15, possibly 16 seed. I mean, does that actually mean that your team is is trash? Mm, Not really. You're just going to be in those seedings because that's where they put you. 
And that's what it is. And sometimes it just slips through the cracks. I mean, I also think, too, with the power six, they don't have the depth anymore. People are, are a little smarter. You know, it used to be, well, some people love to go to the power six to say, well, I played for a power six team, but you sat the bench. Now people are saying, why go there when I can go maybe to a little bit lower division school, low major, and play? So now the depth of these teams take a hit. A lot of these teams, I mean, I think Matt Painter plays, what, six, seven guys, if that? Uh, he ended up playing nine last night. Nine last night, but okay, normally it's seven or eight that he normally plays. So you're losing that yeah, depth. But, yeah, and even playing nine, it's, you know, that's still a lot of teams where a lot of these mid-majors, they go, you know, nine, ten, eleven, just because, like, team chemistry and the way that their game plan works out, they're able to utilize more of the betters, use more depth, there's more rotation, so a player hasn't doesn't have to play 36, 37 minutes in a game, whereas mm-hmm. um, for a variety of reasons, the schools in the Big Six, you know, 35 minutes a game, that's totally fine. 36, 37. Whether that's through physicality, through the training, through the fitness, it's just kind of the Big Six is we're going to take our best six, our best seven, boom, roll with it, versus having, like you said, the team game where Whereas there's rotations, there's matchups, there's able to be able to rest guys a little bit more, you know, outside, bar, you know, barring foul trouble. You're able to rest and have kind of more of a rotation style that really fits with mm. building a team versus building kind of a unit of individuals. Yeah. And then, of course, the other upset, which this one. I'm going to, excuse me, attribute to either players or coaches just flat out going brain dead at the wrong time. Furman over Virginia. Now, sorry, Tony Bennett. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to say whether or not Tony Bennett should be fired. Here we go again. Why should the guy? Be- I'm not. I'm not saying that. But Kia Clark is inbounding the ball. Derek, he he has a teammate who is about as far away from me from from him as you are from me. They they have a timeout to use, but they says, "As you know what, let's show everyone how big my is, and we're gonna play hero ball." And then, oh crap! Turn it over. We can't set up our great defense. 30-footer, bang, game over. Well, here's the thing, and I watched that play, and and unfortunately, um, Clark made it. People make mistakes. That's one thing. I, I People like to live in this perfect world. He, he made a mistake. And no, the player wasn't for me to you, as you, if you can watch us on our Facebook live feed. He's, he wasn't that close, not to mention – you guys have to understand. This is from the couch potatoes. He was getting double teamed by guys that are six four, six five, with probably a six eight, six nine wingspan. That is a very difficult pass to make. You, you, I don't know what player you're talking about. There was a player to the opposite wing of him to the right side. Maybe he possibly could pass it to. I don't know. I think the press um, breaker and rotations were bad. I don't know if you can really blame that on Tony Bennett. Also, Clark helped them win a national championship. Clark also is one of their, you know, he's made plays before he makes a mistake. Maybe he could have called a timeout. That's where you put the ball yeah, in the senior's see, hand. That's what should have been done. What? Call the timeout. Get your press break set up. Well, here, hear me out. You you make this sound very easy, and it's not. For one, did they have a timeout? Yes. Did he panic? Yes. They had a lot of time in the backcourt. They inbounded the ball at 12 seconds. They threw the turnover at 6. But but here's the problem, and, and, and I'll explain it to you. The, the whole problem with the whole play was this. The kids didn't know how to run the press breaker. For one... And maybe this is an old form of coaching or whatever it may have been. Even if you call the timeout, you lose, you call the timeout. 
Uh, I believe you have to be not at that point. You have to be set. You can't run the baseline, obviously, because it's a spot now. Um, they ran a press breaker, but they didn't really run it right. So what makes you think if you recall a timeout, you set one up, they're going to run it right again? There was a lot of errors in this. First of all, for one, I teach my kids that everyone has to be able to handle the ball. My question is, why is the big the, the post player all the way at the other end of the court? The ball is already in the backcourt. You should be at least at half court shortening that pass. Instead, he just took off. So that's mistake number one. Well, that's mistake number one. Okay, but I'm looking at the play by play right now. You said it was a a spot throw in. No, I said if they would have called a timeout, it would have been a spot throw in. He inbounded the ball. If they would have called a timeout, then you got to hold your spot. But coming out of it they ran the baseline okay yeah because it was because it was after a main free, throw. free throw i know yeah start listening and stop trying to answer here's this is when you're gonna learn something from the coach that's one mistake the second mistake was he then got it to a guard okay if you play the one two or the three you should be able to handle the basketball I don't care. You have to handle it. He threw it. I forget who he threw as number two. I forget what his name is. Threw it to him. And the one thing he did, he threw it to the sideline. Usually I teach my players, as soon as you catch the ball, you catch it and immediately try to throw a ball fake. Fakes everybody out. You know they're trying to go for the steal. They're down by two points. 12 seconds to go. As soon as you get that ball, you get the ball and you be patient with it. He gets the ball and throws it right back to Clark. He didn't even look up the the court. If he would have caught the ball and threw a ball fake to Clark, the defense goes towards Clark. You rip it down the sideline. You get down the court. Now you got a two-on-one because you had your big who took off, and then you had the other big from Furman down there. Now you got a two-on-one. You either dribble dribble it out or you throw it to the rim for an alley. That's mistake number two. So, if I were, because I watched the play, and it, 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 it made me chuckle because this is what we teach high school kids trying to break presses. Because let's be honest, everybody presses. Everybody presses. Oh yeah, is this the it's the new th- thing to do? Is press, 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 press. So now I've been told that in college people don't press a lot. They just don't. It, either a lot of times you don't really see a full court man to man press unless it's toward the end of the game, or they do a two two one to slow you up a little bit to run the clock out on the shot clock because of, uh, so you can get into your quick hitters and that's how they kind of rush you. But other than that, most of the time if you watch college basketball, not too often do you see a press. You don't. Well, and, and not to mention some of the guards got better ball handling skills, IQs, whatnot. Um, so some people said that was maybe the issue, but the fact of the matter is, still, the big man shouldn't have hid. You also should. You've also been taught you only advance where the ball is. So if we're way back here by the the other baseline, you shouldn't be at the other end of the court. At the other, that, that, that just makes no sense because now it's five against four. So that post player should have been at least at half court as a release, at least. Yeah. So that's. Mistake number two, the other guard didn't even look to handle the rock, which, you know, is disappointing at the college level. If you're a guard, you need to be able to handle the rock. So he throws it over to Clark. Clark gets the ball. Okay, you get it in the inbound. It got it to the middle of the court. Mistake number three, or mistake, yeah, mistake number three, Clark dribbles right away. When you're ever against a press, you don't dribble right away. They're already trying to play the dribble. And then once you dribble, you're out of your options. Same thing, Clark should have got the ball, held it maybe for a second or two, threw a ball fake to see where they're going to go because they're trying to go for the steal. You know that. And not to mention high-quality basketball. These guys are long and everything. You throw the ball fake, it opens up gaps. Either you can split that gap and dribble through it because usually those players are skilled enough to do that. Now, in high school, a lot of times you throw a ball fake, you get them to fake. you got to really teach players to move without the ball. To be honest with you, what's his face on the opposite end of him? Um, should have probably cut to the middle of the basket. They probably should have threw a ball fake over there. He cuts to the middle. That guy tries to go towards the right side of the court. Now you got an open gap there. And I'm sure Clark can throw that pass with the money to the middle and they can win the game. 
So I, I don't really blame that on Tony Clark. I think there was Tony just, Bennett. You mean Tony Bennett? I'm sorry. I don't blame that on him. I'm thinking of Clark, their point guard. I just think that the kids made a mistake. And then the, the give Furman some credit. They hit that three pointer after the steal. I mean, to be honest with you, as a coach, as a coach, I probably would let you shoot the thirty footer because I'm going to take my chances. He made the shot, but the fact of the matter is, it was really poor execution by the players. Now, I have talked to some people, and they say, "Well, you know, as a coach, maybe you should have prepared for that." Probably. That's where maybe the coaching comes in, where. You got to teach your players that now in nowadays basketball, and I think this is a lesson for everybody, for Painter, for Bennett, and everything. You're gonna have to start evolving. You're gonna and Coach Kowalczyk kind of does this TK, where a lot of if you notice on UT's team, a lot of the players can all handle the basketball, so you can't pressure them. You can't. Now you could probably bully them on the boards on rebounds, like Kent State did last week, but you can't do that. I think it was basically what happened was it was a lot of pressure. You had a post player uh, 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 hide because I tell people all the time, you're the most important person on, on the press break. Because think about it. You're afraid to get the ball. But guess what? The person that's guarding you doesn't like to be on the perimeter either. So and plus, if you're 6'11", whatever, I can just throw it over the top. You get the ball. You take off. He took off to the other end of the court. It pretty much was five on four. Clark tried to make a play by trying to throw the ball up. He, I see what he was trying to do, basically. He was trying to throw the ball to the point where maybe it take more time off the clock. Um, but it didn't, and the guy got the steal. But I do think, though, that post player should have been up higher. And if let's be honest, if Clark really threw that ball as hard as he could to the rim, and coaches teach that, if you're in doubt, just throw it toward the other end of the court and throw it to the rim, and maybe someone catches it. The other post player probably could have caught it and went in for a dunk. I don't know. But that's what happened, basically. There was just a couple of mental errors in the press break. And like I said, even if they would have called the timeout and reset up everything, the way they ran that press break doesn't guarantee that they probably would have ran the press break out of the timeout. Because you got guys that don't want the ball. That simple. Goes back to an old saying, the best ability is availability. So. Yeah, yeah. Need to be available. I mean, you you mentioned the big guys got to be available. I mean, heck, at Bedford at our press break, I think we always had either Andrew or Simon available in the middle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Break. And I'm not saying that the the post player has to be the point guard, but the post no. player should be able to catch the ball and dribble the ball up the court. If there's nobody in front of him, then just go and dunk the ball. I mean, there's yeah. more times than not if you're going with a full head of steam, not many people are going to really get in front of you. If, if you're going to the rim. Now, there's some kids that are very brave and will take a charge, but I don't know too many basketball players that if you're probably 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and you weigh about 210, 215, ain't nobody really going to be stepping in front of you to take on a damn charge or get on somebody's poster. <laughs> well, I'm uh... But then again, there was a we had a player in Bedford who uh, set the school record for charges drawn in a year, and he was a leap. Maybe six one, six two. Yeah, but those are the small percentages. So I, I really tip my hat to to Furman. I mean, he hit the thirty foot shot. Normally, I would say, yeah, shoot the thirty footer. How often does someone hit a thirty footer? Less than thirty percent of the time. Exactly. And Virginia still had a chance to win it. So, um, yeah. Now, I will say this. I think. <laughs> The men's game might need to make this rule change. One go to quarters, but I doubt that'll ever happen. I think the timeout would have been called if you can advance the ball. With the women's game, you can do. Yeah. You can call the timeout and advance the ball, but since you can't do that, wherever you call the timeout, that's where the spot is. And I think that's the reason why they didn't really call a timeout. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't done that in the men's game because you get to do that in the NBA. Yes, you can do it in the NBA, you can do it in the women's game. Actually, the men's game is the only game that plays halves. Well, Wisconsin boy, Wisconsin basketball plays halves, and uh, uh, high school does it because they want to get more kids involved, I think. But usually, not many organizations play halves anymore. Yeah. Last things, David? Oh. Uh. I think, yeah, like, it's all about matchups. And, again, it's part of why we love March Madness, just the unpredictability of kind of 
anything can happen, whether it's a veteran team, whether it's a young team, whether it's kind of a team with kind of crazy game winning shots from, you know, 30 feet out. Yeah. You, you just never know. And kind of any game, there's a million different things that can happen that can change the outcourse of the game. And yeah, for teams like Furman and Fairleigh Dickinson, they're on the winning side. And then the quote-unquote traditional Blue Bloods from the Power Six, they're left, their fans are left stunned, all the memes and images. But yeah, that, that's the beauty of it. Sometimes you just have to tip your hat, shake the hand, and say, great job. But if well, you don't execute, you can't win. Let's be honest here, too. What's that noise? You doing some hookah? Nope. I wish. Oh. Uh, um, it, the, the NCAA tournament, and, and I and I'll leave this with you guys. I'll tell you a reason why the MAC doesn't get a second team in, and it's because like Kent State, they look bad against Indiana. They, whew, it was really bad. They just don't. They just don't. One, they don't respect the MAC. But two, it's not great television. Think about it. Every game is televised now. Um, before 2011, that wasn't the case. It was one time slot, one one game, and it was regional. So, you know, if you're a Duke fan and you live here, you ain't watching the Duke game. You're going to get the Big Ten game of the week or whatever in that time slot or whatever's closest to you. Now, every game is televised. It's big money. They want eyeballs. How many bad games did you see today or seen through the last two days on Thursday and Friday? Hmm. How many? Bad game is in blowout? Uh, yeah, just a b- blowout. Just like, okay. just a slapper. Look at that. You're looking, you can't Alabama. even. Alabama over uh, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. No surprise. Yeah, nah, that game was somewhat a little bit close early on. 96-75. Right, they pulled away, but the yeah. game was close early on. Yeah. Name one that was just a complete slap job. I would say Penn over Iowa State because Iowa State couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And would they consider that also an upset, too? Hmm. The lower seed was Pitt. Yeah. Name another one. Well, let's see. Name another one. Kansas over Howard. And nope, Kansas was without nope. Bill Self. Hmm? Nope, don't you put that on that, Ricky Bobby, because Howard was up for a while, and then Kansas put away second half. Because yep. They won 96-68, to What did he just say? Oh, they were hot. I just say, I said a slap job where it was just this this team had no bit. This team had no business being out here with this team, like an AAU. How about Duke over Oral Roberts? No, that was pretty decent. That was a decent game. I was, I was watching some of that early. That was actually a decent game. Han Duke was up like thirteen nothing early on. And then Oral Roberts made a run because that's how the game of basketball is. Every game was entertaining. There wasn't a game where it was just like you look like a, a high school team. Like literally every game was competitive. There's a reason why they're doing that. They're playing big money and they got eyeballs on the screen. They're not putting a second Mac team in there because what's going to happen is, let's be honest, you put a second Mac team in there, you don't really get much of a following from the Mac. That's one. Unless you're a complete junkie, right? That's one. So they want the sites, the the, the sites to be uh, uh, full. But if you notice, this committee thinks it really out and through, and they make the matchups great television. Where in years past, I think it was just basically okay. You go here, you go here, and then whatever. It's great television. I think the matchups nowadays are about great television. If you, like I said. Very few slap jobs. Every game you watched, you kept your face watching the tube. I thought Michigan State, USC, I thought, well, Michigan State will probably bully them. Or look at Auburn, Iowa. I knew Iowa was going to lose to Auburn because they were going to bully them. But it was still (laughs) a great game, though, because trashing styles. Styles, different styles make a fight. And I think that's what they're doing right now. And I just don't think, really, the MAC has a style of basketball that is entertaining. Well, there. Well, I think this, this was mentioned to me last week. I was at um, I was at a fundraiser. The last time the MAC actually did get two teams, like in, at ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety eight. Okay, it was. Wait, are you sure? Yeah. Wait, about what about Miami? 
with Wildy World in '99. Wasn't there another Mac team? Well, this is what. Well, I, this is from uh, my buddy Todd Kapling, who has co- who's co- who's assistant coach at Ida and is also coached in college. When he, I think he said he when he was at Western Michigan, Western got in that year, and then he also meant that was the year Eastern Michigan got in with Earl Boykins. Mm-hmm. That was in '95. Oh, in '95. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. I knew I knew Bo- I knew Boykins was and in. Boykins and Eastern ended up being Duke that year. Yes, yes, yes. I do. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. But that was the la- that. But that was actually when uh, that seemingly was the golden age of Mac basketball. Right. Yeah. So that's where I think is is now going. It's all about inter- obviously entertainment. Also with the betting and everything like that as well. Uh, yeah, I think I also think that's kind of why uh, most people don't do brackets anymore because you can live bet games, games, and then you say you know have your fun there. Mm-hmm. That, that's true. Yeah, but I want to run down a couple more. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michigan State USC that kind of went how as expected. Got to get. I think I. Been wanting to see Tyson Walker finally become an alpha dog. He did. He played great. He he played great defense on Boogie Ellis. And then I also got to give a mention to Carson Cooper for doing a nice job coming in off the bench with a couple of dunks and playing some nice defense as well. You know, and honestly, I think I said last week that could this be a Michigan State team that goes on a surprise run? I mean, they got Marquette next and. Marquette, I think, is beatable. Well, any team's beatable. We we saw that to, uh, with Purdue losing last, on Friday night. Yeah, and now that Purdue's out of that region, mm-hmm. and who know who knows? But we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm this is probably their best chance to get out of the first weekend. So I'll be watching Sunday night at five fifteen. Okay. I mean, uh, but I'll also ask our resident Penn State fan, David the Man of God Harris, about his Nittany Lions and the job they did on Texas A and M, where oh, breaking news: Andrew Funk just hit another three pointer. Mm-hmm. And they're play, they're playing Texas too, and I think Texas has been a popular pick to win it all this year. David, as the Penn State fan, what do you think about that one? Oh. I mean, again, it's all about getting caught at the right time, and that's really what like March Madness is. Penn State had that magical run in the Big Ten tournament, got to the you know, Big Ten title game, lost to Purdue, obviously. But yeah, they're riding caught. I mean, Texas A&M was one of those teams in the SEC where majority of the year they were kind of they were in that big pack with with the Arkansas kind of. They're good enough to beat. The teams at the top, but they're also they have their moments where they have a you know crappy game and they can lose to the teams in the bottom of the conference. So I, I think it was a good. I think kind of Penn State continued just to ride the momentum that they built up from Indianapolis, but then it's also do we trust Texas? And particularly not just Texas. I mean, I'm just looking at the head coach because it's, it's March Madness. Anything can happen. In when it's just one game again, like uh, Virginia losing to Furman, just like Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue, anything can happen. So, if you sit, basketball is relatively simple if you put the ball in the net more than the other team, you're going to do well. And so, if Penn State continues, can continue in their efficient shooting, particularly from the perimeter, because as we're seeing in this tournament, if you if you hit the three ball more than the other team, you're going to win because you know three is more than two. It's just evaluation of the game. Okay. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Do I think that they'll win? Yeah, you just never know, and that's that's the beauty of this. Well, of this here, tournament. here's my here's my last question for you, David. Does Micah Shrewsbury stay at Penn State because his name has been coming up going to? Dude, he possibly, just got there. Possibly the Notre Dame job because he's he's from Indiana. I think he was a, one time he because he was also on us. I think he's also got some credibility being working for Brad Stevens when he was with the Celtics. So and I mean, I've heard I've heard his name pop up for the Notre Dame job. You just love the drama, don't you? 
I'm just reporting what I've heard. Name, name, pop up for every job. Yeah, that's I mean, what I said. I mean, yeah. heck, they, you know, I wouldn't. Rick leave. Pitino was a, supposed to be going finalizing a deal at St. John's, but he was asked about it after the game was over. By the way, uh, the last time two MAC teams were in the NCAA tournament was 1999, not oh, 98. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 99 was. Um, there was Kent State a number 11 seed, and Miami was the number 10 seed. Connecticut went on to win that national championship over Duke. That was Rashid. Or I mean, um, Richard Hamilton and El Amin was in um, in on that team. By the way, so yeah, that was the last time that the MAC got two team teams in there. Oh, by the way, they did end up actually. Miami got the win over Washington, and also that was the, yeah that was the year that the Sweet Sixteen that Miami got to with Wally World. Wally Zerbiak. Yes, that was, that was, I cool. thought so. Um, and they ended up losing to Kentucky 154. Also, uh, MAC teams have gotten to the Elite Eight. I'm pretty sure you can't. It's the only really team that's done it, and that was 21 years ago. With Trevor Huffman and Brandon Knight. And hard, hard it is. Final four appearances by coaches. Mike's just eight. Rick Pitino has seven. Denny Crum, six. Adolph Rupp, six. Four. Bill Sell for Jay Wright four. You guys talk about Matt Painter not being able to get to the final four and he should get fired. Well, let's guess what? Most of the guys on this list, only I believe four are active on this list that have gotten to the NCAA appearances. You've got the top four are no longer coaching. One obviously has passed on. You've got Tom Izzo. And Rick Patino, who just got back, there's two. Denny Crum is not coaching. Adolph Rolf has long been passed on. You got John Calipari, Bob Knight, Guy Lewis, Lute Olson are no longer here. Jim Beheim is no longer a coach. Billy Donovan is in the NBA. Bill Self was on the shelf, on the shelf. And he's still on the shelf. And Jay Wright is left. So only four coaches. Four. Currently. And the NCAA have made it to the Final Four. Well, that, wait a minute. You said the multiple Final Fours, didn't you? Final Four appearances by coach. Okay, yeah, that was guy. That sounded like guys with multiple, but I, I can name a few other who have. I made mean, it. Shaka Smart made it. He's got one. So, but that Cal- tells you how hard it is. Calvin Sampson has two. What is the two? Oklahoma in 2002, Houston in 21. Okay. Scott Drew from Baylor. Got the, yep. Here also has one. Mick Mick Cronin has one. Mark Few has two of them that I can recall. Yes, he does, Mark Few. But it's hard. This is hard. Yeah, but it's still, yeah. Just even trying to figure out the guys that got to one. To one. Yeah, that's hard. It's an exclusive club. My, Shaka Smart, what, got there in 2011? Has he been back since? Nope. Exactly. How many of them have won championships? Let's see. Scott Drew has won a championship. One. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, here's another coach that's been to the Final Four. Jim Laranaga. How many championships he got? None. Okay. It's hard. This is very, 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 very hard. Um, if you really look at it, I think Bill Self has two championships. Rick Pitino has two. Is that count the one that got vacated? Mm-hmm. There is a vacated one from Louisville, but they do count it as two. Yeah. That's why I, I get really upset when you're always talking about, well, we need to fire them. I mean, Jim Harris. It's not my belief that... Painter well, should be fired. Well, it's just you, you love the are, you love the fodder. You 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 you. I see you foaming at the mouth like a wolf, a wolf trying to trying to you know just like on National Geographic when the lion is chasing the zebra. You be you be you be foaming at the mouth, ready to chase that zebra. Hey, think about it. You do. Think you you get you do get you do. Don't you get hyped when you see that stuff? I wouldn't say hyped, but I mean it makes good. It makes for good. It makes for good radio. It does. It makes for entertaining radio. That's all. That's really. Yeah. That's really all I want for is I want Even, good. I well, want good radio. Right. When you talk about somebody else, but when we do our bits, you don't like our bits with the Hennessy and all that. That now that's great uh, radio right there, baby. 
<laughs> What's wrong with that? That's then that is entertaining. Yeah, you don't that's why, subjective. Why is that? Why is it not entertaining, David? I think David thinks it's entertaining. Yeah, they each his own. Why? Why is it not entertaining? Because we're not dogging somebody. <laughs> you love the. Do- Be honest, Frank. You do somewhat hate sometimes. I don't deny it. No, oh, okay. Well, at least, at least you you own up to your hate. Just like with Joseph, James Joseph Harbaugh. <laughs> Look, there have been times where I have that been was like, very I've been like I've been like Silky Johnson at the haters ball going, I hate you, I hate you, I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. Exactly. You were like Silky Johnson at the haters ball, which is by the way off of the Dave Chappelle show. <laughs> See there, we could use that we could use that for a new commercial. We could, but <laughs> you, you gotta kinda put it together though. I mean, it's gotta be something that you've done. Like our commercials. Um, there's going to be a, I got a, I got a new idea with a commercial that happened last week where I think there was, cause I think David, you hate too. You be hating as well. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, be. <laughs> yeah. I think you were, you had some hate last week. I'm trying to think what was that segment that you were about? I think it was about baseball or something like that. You were hating. So. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I didn't expect. I mean, hate, hate subjective. I don't know if it's not really. I mean, if you're always constantly wanting because think about it, when Frank gets in our in our Texas text chats or whatever, he's always like, "He's fired. He gone. What is it? He gone." <laughs> well, yeah, when somebody has actually been fired, right? But but it seems like every time you're calling for someone, you you call for Tom Izzo to be fired. No, I didn't. D- David didn't. He want him to be fired. I didn't. I have never. I mean, I, mean, I have. I'll admit, I have criticized Tom Izzo many times on these airwaves. Mm-hmm. Have I said that he should lose his job? No. And I have, I'll have. repeat this again. He's earned the right to go out on his own. He's mm-hmm. built up enough cachet. And I, but yeah, I do, but I do think some, that day is coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, but I think at some point every coach in the state of Michigan has been nearly, you know, has been on Frank's shopping block between Detroit, Michigan, Michigan State. I'm sure. I'm sure, kind of secretly, some of the Western and Eastern coaches. Uh, no, I don't really. I I don't really have any beef with them. You know, high school. I don't know about high school and middle school coaches. Uh, the only high, the only oh, oh, I think only high school coaches if they do something egregiously bad off the field. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I might do that. But I mean, for for wins and losses, not so much. Mm-hmm. If they get into your face, you know, for a bad call and call you every name under the sun. Uh, well, that that they that they would pretty much have to answer to their administration when I write up the report. Yeah, it's like I said, you you really pounce on that on that when trying to get people fired. You you like to see people fired. It's it's more so. Oh, the professionals who get paid millions of dollars who can't do their job. Well, why? What, what, what does pay have to do with it? You're paid to do a job. You better do it. Simple as that. So, okay. So what if you're not doing your job? Should you be fired? Well, there's an old saying. You're only, you're only hired to be fired. And if you're not performing, who you got to blame? Yourself. But sometimes is it always the coaches that have to be fired? Some some years it's injuries. Some years a player makes a mistake and you're ready I to fire the some coach. Year, some years it is, but when it's a repetitive pattern over and over again, something's got to change. But I, I, it's just, just that's just that's just the nature of doing business. Right, right, right. But you know, Frank, let's say you messed up on a segment, you're fired. So that's how it looks like. If you make one mistake on one segment, you're fired. That's how it is with you in the Twitter world. Fire him. He's got to be fired. It's not one mistake I look at. It's more. The only time I do that is if it's is if something egregiously bad happens off the field. Oh, okay. Or if they do something egregiously bad, like if they... Like if you physically assault an official. Well, that, yeah, come that's, on. That's, that's different, Frank. Yeah, that's... But I mean, because, but I mean, for like for calling for a play action pass out of the I formation on fourth eleven. Okay, yeah, that's a dumb pl- That's that's stupid. But again, I'm not gonna say hey, you should be fired for one play call that was bad. 
But I, I mean, have you done that on that show though? If call for guys to be fired for that too? No. Okay, I was just wondering. Fire them. Just, just, just fire them. When in oh, doubt, that. fire them. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So you got. Know, sometimes you got to look at more of the body of work. David, your last thoughts. This segment went on for about an hour, but yeah, you got to get it off your chest. You only had one segment uh, to talk about anyway, yeah, Frank. Yeah, because I gotta, I gotta get out of here in the next couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. David, uh, I mean, if we if we wanted to put two teams in, I would have taken Toledo's chances over Purdue. But, you know. What? Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Uh, be quiet. I mean, what did they do against no, no. Michigan in the NIT? Same thing that we always do. They bleeps down their leg. And now everyone's trying to fire Coach TK. Three straight um, regular season titles, which is hard to do. That's very hard to do. Got to the MAC championship game. The, out of all the teams in the MAC, the one team to match up with, it's just not a good matchup. Not to mention that was the last team they lost to before they had 17 in a row. But yeah. here's my thing. You win the MAC tournament, but what are your chances of really winning in the NCAA? Not great. Exactly. So you're playing yeah, for it, a it all depends on the, yeah, the matchup that you would have gotten. Would we have been in that same 13th spot as Kent yes. State and gotten Indiana? Probably. Yeah, yeah it would have or happened. Or maybe a 12. Maybe. But you're going to be, that's where you're going to yeah. be at. Well, if you really think that Toledo's going to get like a 10 seed or something like that, you're wrong. And that Ken Palm yeah. stuff doesn't really matter. I think that's just another thing to take your eye off the prize. They're going to make the matchups to where they're great matchups for television. They don't want nobody getting smoked. It's bad television. You don't want nobody taking their eyeballs off the TV. Especially after the... If you're taking your t- your eyeballs off the TV after the first media timeout, you have a problem. And that's the first four minutes into the game. All right. Good job, Frank. Might have to get me a new MacBook Air soon. Um, so I can do movies and everything like that. You're listening to 88.3 WHG's After Further Review. What you got going on for the weekend, Frank? Well, on my way up to East Lansing to go watch Blissfield's uh, girls team play for a state championship against Hemlock. Do they know who you are? Yes. Okay. Cause you know because I'm, I'm the voice of the baseball team. Really? The, no, you're the voice of post 327. 325. Five. Well, high, the high school baseball team and post 325. Oh, I just thought post 325. Yeah. Well, well, I started out doing post 325 baseball, then Larry Tunnel asked me to do the high school team and. I've pretty much stuck around, even since Eric Schmidt has taken over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, have fun up there. Are uh, you going up there with anybody or no? Uh, no, I'll just uh, meet up with some people there. Wait, I guess uh, Blissfield fans or just regular people just and going up there? Just a lot of the Blissfield crowd that I know. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that, that's good. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't Linaway Christian? Did they lose they, the semis? They got knocked out by Maple City Glen Lake. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be pretty cool. So have fun up there, Frank. And uh, next week you come back and maybe t- say if Blissfield loses, then maybe you want the coach fired. No, 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 no. no hey, I, I, I respect Ryan Gilbert too much. Oh, okay. I, you know, hey, nowadays you you, you, you do so but, well, get to the championship and fail, you got to be fired. That, I mean, this is the first time Blissfield's girls have been to a state championship since uh, oh, I know. 1973. I know, but in today's world, if you're not good every day, you need to be fired. There's a difference between high school and pros. No, as well. Just even in the pros, it doesn't matter. And even in high school, people will be like, they got to know what he's doing. David, what are you going to say? A turnover, yeah, if there's a turnover in the fourth quarter, bad coaching decision, and a player kind of, kind of mistakes for a pass, something's Similar happened with Furman or you know, that Virginia game. Are you going to fire the coach? Because it's possible. Frank, are you going to fire I'm the coach? not firing Tony Bennett. Okay, I Frank. didn't say that he should be fired. I felt he, there's going to be people in Charlottesville that are going to be called for his head, though. But he's saying for no, the I, Blissfield game, though. No, 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 no. But, but that, that's a mistake. Right, Frank. It's a mistake. If, if they make a mistake... I need to fire the coach. Hey, I didn't. I didn't hey, I didn't say Tony Bennett should be fired. Right, right. But Matt Painter should be fired, right? I, I haven't said no. David and I were just saying that there's probably going to be a lot of calls for him. Me personally, I'm not doing it. Oh, okay, okay. We was just clearing that up, you know, because I know in the, in our text chat you'll be having the Mr. McMahon uh, 
a meme in there saying you're fired. No, no, you gotta say it right. You're fired. Uh, yep, and, and and then you guys don't realize how other people's livelihoods get affected as well because as far you know the assistants and the dobos and all that. All right, Frank, have a good time, man. So Frank is on out of here. We're still with David the Man of God Harris for another half hour. Uh, coming up next, what you got, David? We'll talk a little bit about the John Moran situation and maybe a couple of life lessons that maybe John needs to hear. All right. You're listening to 88.3 WGT's After Further Review. We'll return. We'll talk a little NBA. We'll be back after this.